Hello, everyone. Welcome into an episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Derek Terry, joined by Sean Smith. Uh, Sean, it's been a minute, over a month, since you and I have been on here. How have you been? I don't know how many minutes it's been, but it's uh, it's definitely Several. been quite a few. I've been doing okay. Uh, busy basketball season, a couple of other things, just life in general. But we're uh, we've talked and we're ready to get back into the ground of this and start churning out some episodes. Uh, especially now that uh, the basketball season's getting kicked off officially really next Tuesday. That's when we really dive into it. Yeah, of course, you're alluding to the uh, Champions Classic, which will take place next Tuesday night, uh, Kentucky, Michigan State, and then, of course, Duke, um, Kansas. Yeah, Duke and Kansas. Yeah, Duke and Kansas. Uh, you know, you stop covering it for one year and you just forget all these teams that are <laughs> in these events, but – yeah, but until then, Sean, I mean, Kentucky does have one more game. It'll take place tomorrow night at Rupp Arena, uh, Friday, November the 11th. Kentucky will host Duquesne. Uh, Duquesne, a team, comes into uh, Rupp 1-0. They defeated Montana on Tuesday night, 91-63. to uh, I can't really recall a time. It seems like Kentucky has played them before, especially because they're out of Pittsburgh, which, of course, John Calipari's roots to Pittsburgh, uh, where he's from, essentially. So I do feel like Kentucky's played them before. Um, this is a team that's ranked 124 in, in Ken Palm. I don't think it's going to be uh, much of a challenge for Kentucky, but it is a team that's ranked quite a bit higher than Howard, who Kentucky defeated 95-63 to on Monday night in the season opener. Sean, when you look back on that season opener, anything that kind of stood out to you in that first game? Of course, Kentucky was down uh, three players. Yeah, uh, two starters likely and a key reserve in Damian Collins and I, th- I think the thing that stands out to me the most when I when I finally did get to go back and, and watch that game I uh, went back last night is a couple things CJ Frederick looks the best he's looked in his entire career when it comes to to health and that was a big question mark going into this year right was it, how ready could he be I mean, Derek had been, what, almost 600 days since I, I think since he'd played an official college basketball game. So it had been a long time. I mean, you have to go back to uh, the the year where it was the COVID year in college basketball since mm-hmm. he had played a basketball game. He missed some time that season. So I thought that was a big takeaway for me is that he looks healthy. Cason Wallace looks really comfortable running the one, which I think changes some things about the way we should look at this team, especially in late game situations against good teams. Sabir Wheeler gets back. We know that he's probably going to start. But how often does Sabir Wheeler finish the game when Kentucky has a guy like Kaysen that can run the show at the one and then you got shooters in Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick at the 2-3? I, I think Cal is going to be faced with some uh, interesting situations and the, the way Kentucky can change things up. And another thing that I'm looking at, too, is it Ugana Onyenso uh, there? behind Oscar Shibway or is it Lance Ware is it a combination of both depending on, on what they need I think that five that backup five is an interesting thing to watch as you go through non-conference here the next couple of weeks that's a great point I do think from the last time that we talked I don't even remember our last UK basketball episode it's probably around the Bahamas if I had to guess and I, I will tell you that is a the most surprising development to me of anything I, I do believe whenever uh is it Ugana or Ugana uh, oh, so it was easier for me to say. Yeah. So whenever Ugo. he com- <laughs> whenever committed, I mean, I, I maybe I just misunderstood perhaps what his intentions might have been, or maybe what Kentucky's were. I, I thought there was a chance he was going to redshirt whenever he uh, 
signed for this season. Of course, you know, Oscar had his knee surgery. It sounds like, uh, you know, not taking a shot at anybody here, but typical UK basketball injury timelines, like it's not going to be what was reported at first. He was supposed to be back by the season opener. Now it sounds like they're hopeful he'll be back for the, the Champions Classic. Either way, that's not the point. The point is, I think Onyenso's reached a point where, you know, he's playing for a rotation spot. And I think that's a great early season question, what you mentioned with Lance Ware. And, you know, I think Lance is a, he's a veteran. Cal loves him. I think Lance provides some good things on the floor, but, you know, and Yenso, I was really impressed in the exhibition uh, going back to it with his shot blocking ability. And I know he's got an advantage over some of these guys that they're playing, but it was the timing. He wasn't biting at every pump fake. It seemed like he had a good natural feel for blocking shots. And of course we'll see Sean, the thing with that, I mean, how many minutes do you think Oscar's going to play though? If he's not in foul trouble and he's totally healthy, Maybe. how many minutes North. are going to be there for backup? Yeah players so uh, he, he's playing north of 30 if he's healthy and, and in good shape and no foul trouble and uh, I made the comment the other day that when you get into the NCAA tournament and you get into close games Oscar's probably playing 36 minutes yeah when you get into those in those windows but we know that there's going to be a need there at some point and I think that maybe is it a by committee thing that they do at the five because Lance is going to do things differently than Ugana does but the thing that Ugana has is, and the, and the thing that I that kind of factors into what this team does well, some of those block shots are going to lead to transition opportunities for Antonio Reeves, C.J. Frederick, and these guys that can shoot it, uh, especially in transition. If, and whether Ugana makes the block or it's a long rebound that comes off the side of the rim that leads to a break, I think his impact and the thing that he does that no one else on this roster can do kind of gives him an edge there but then Lance is probably the guy that Cal trusts to do the right thing and be in the right spots and, and do the one or those one or two tasks that he's given on the scouting report. I just think it's an interesting situation because I don't think anyone really thought that Ugana would even play this year, but he's kind of, I mean, look, he had the benefit of being there since August. The only thing he missed was the summer workouts. Like he, he's been there for the full thing since they've been back on campus and every single official practice that's helped him get himself into a position to be able to play. And if he if he can help, and I think he's going to play minutes, I think he's going to be a significant contributor. I don't want to go off on this tangent too long, but I, I did have the thought, and I'm sure many others have as well. What happens if C.J. Frederick's healthy last year? You don't have what happened on the opening night of the NCAA tournament. That's That's what would have been different if he had been healthy a year ago. Uh, that's a guy, Derek, that – Every time it leaves his hands, I think the ball's going in. And his shot looks the same every single time. Not only that, the thing that's so sneaky about him is he does a couple of things very well. He does not turn the ball over, and he's committed to the defensive end of the floor. You can play him. You can play him even if he's not making shots. Um, but I think that Kentucky would have had a lethal shooter that, to me, just doesn't go cold. Like, you let him shoot ten times, he may miss three in a row, but he's probably capable of hitting the next seven. Like that's how hard yeah. he can get. Well, and, he's uh, a career forty-eight percent, I think, three-point shooter in college. Yeah, and then I mean, then his sophomore year at Iowa, he played like I can't remember the total number of minutes, but he played the entire season and only turned the ball over ten times in the Big Ten. Like, yeah, we're talking about a guy that started at Iowa. I don't remember. It was I think it was north of five hundred, six hundred minutes that season at least, and ten turnovers. Like Cal's going to play that guy. Uh, you know, I think we. Uh, 
Severe is someone that's a factor into this, obviously, and he's out right now. Um, you mentioned at the top of the show, I'm with you. I mean, he's, I would be surprised if he didn't start. I mean, also, I don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. I, do we have even, I don't know if an update. Uh, I don't no. get, I don't follow this as closely as, you know, as I used to when I was working it, but it doesn't seem like well, there's been anything real firm on when he's going to be back. And the thing with him is, now, I, I do think that this roster is built to help him more than what last year's was. We know that Kellen Grady got hot Absolutely. last year, and we know that Kellen got hot and had a stretch there for three months where he could not miss. But outside of that, I mean, Ty Ty Washington had his moments where he was streaky, and then Davion Mintz would either knock down four or five threes or he'd have a spurt where he wouldn't hit a three or wouldn't shoot the ball well. This roster just feels like it's built to play around a guy like Xavier and give him more space to operate. The only thing that the kickback for me is we saw what it was like with him last year in the tournament. Like, Xavier had that look in his eyes, I thought, against St. Peter's at times where he kind of just looked overwhelmed. And that might have been first NCAA tournament game. You're in crunch time. Your other guys aren't hitting shots. And you maybe feel like you've been asked to do more than maybe what you can. Uh, that might have played into it some, but I just feel like Casey Wallace with his size, his, his willingness to defend on and off the ball, an offensive package that continues to get better and better. I think he, I, I thought that Casey was a guy throughout the recruiting process that was built to succeed at Kentucky. And you're seeing that now, but his offensive game is ahead of uh, what everybody thought it would be too. I mean, look, we flirted with the triple double in game one. And I think the big thing too, Derek, is throughout these preseason practices and into the the official practices and stuff right up leading up to the season Cal didn't run Kaysen off the ball and he ran him opposite Xavier playing the one that to me signals a couple of things he knows he's going to need another ball handler that can do it but he also might be trying to transition that to give him the reins late in games because hey I want a 6-3 guard that can shoot the ball that can get two feet in the paint and make plays for others but can also defend you 94 feet multiple positions. I, I think that I think Kaysen might end up being Kentucky's closer. I like this team a lot, Sean, from what I've seen. I think, you know, not to compare them to last year's group necessarily, although it is it's much easier to do than a normal Cal year just because you, you do have so many returning players. We haven't seen them in a, you know, real game yet, you would say, um, with the full, you know, all hands on deck and we should make a note here. Prayers to Damian Collins. Obviously, a terrible situation for him with his father mm-hmm. passing away recently. I do think he's supposed to be back uh, to, for tomorrow's game, but mentally, I mean, I think it's going to be a tough, tough grind for him for a while. So that was really terrible news. When you look at this roster, though, I'm totally with you with Case and Wallace. And uh, again, great job by Cal to close on him because if not, this kid would have been at Tennessee. And if you look at Tennessee's roster already. Uh, if they had Casey Wallace, he'd be talking about, I think, a top-five team down there. But he's at you UK. Yeah, he's at UK, though, and, and UK certainly is a top-five roster. And I said 6'3". He's actually listed at 6'4". So. You look at his stats here, they're not shy. I mean, he, I mean, he nearly in his first game, the first official game at UK, nearly had a triple-double, 15 well, eight. And And this is where this is where him and Savir, I think, become a, a dynamic duo on one end of the floor, especially the, the defensive end. You got two guys that can pick you up 94 feet, put their head on the basketball, turn you a couple of times, and kind of create havoc. I could see those two working together and creating one of the best defensive backcourts, not only in the SEC, but also in college basketball. And then you've got the length inside of a guy like Jacob Toppin who can play one through four, guard one through four. 
I still think Savir is going to have an impact. I just feel like that handing the reins to a guy like Cason Wallace at some point this season, I truly believe it's going to happen. And I know we're going off of one game, but I'm also going off the way that his offensive game has improved. I know what I'm getting from him on the defensive end of the floor, but seeing the way his offensive game has improved from last year in all-star games throughout the summer, the Bahamas till now, he looks like a guy that's comfortable with the ball in his hands in pick and roll, getting downhill. I mean, he's a big body. But he can also knock down the outside shot too, Derek. And I think that that's the thing that separates him is if you can get a guy on the floor at the one that's not a dead spot from the three-point line, it only makes you harder to guard when you can't double Oscar Shibway and keep, and keep him off the glass because you've got these guys that can stretch you out defensively. I mean, Kentucky, the way they get offensive rebounds with Oscar when he's at full strength, you got Antonio Reeves and Cason Wallace and C.J. Frederick out there spotted up, like this could be a really lethal team on both ends of the floor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's one advantage this year. We're having the Bahamas kind of, I think, as fans help you evaluate things, you know, a little quicker than maybe what we would have in a normal year. And then again, going back to the fact that, you know, uh, Reeves is new to Kentucky, but he's not new to college basketball. Frederick, again, yeah. in a way, is new to Kentucky. He's not. I mean, he was here last year, but since he didn't actually play, it's like he is. A yeah, no, nobody really knew about him. Right. Like, nobody knew what he could do. But you, you take that the fact these are two guys, I mean, Reeves did not play, you know, he played in a mid-major conference at Illinois state in the Missouri Valley. Uh, Frederick played high level basketball at Iowa, but these are two guys that to me, they're upgrades. And I, I was a big fan of Kellen Grady. I liked what he did. Um, to me, there's no doubt both those guys are better fits at Kentucky than someone like Davion Mintz. And I, I applaud Davion. I mean, in probably the worst season of any of us have seen of <laughs> Kentucky basketball, he was certainly a, you know, a bright spot and a kid who gave his heart every time he went out there. But in terms of this team, um, it just seems so much easier for Antonio and for Frederick. You, you think about Frederick too, Sean, the other night. I mean, he went two for five from three, but he found other way. He got to the free throw line. I mean, he took what uh, – he led the team in free throw. Or he tied yeah, with top seven. Yeah, yep. it was seven. Uh, so, you know, he was not someone who's – he got to 20 and points on nine shots. <laughs> And, and so. somebody's going to get left out of this rotation. Like, this is going to end up probably being an eight-man rotation. Uh, maybe even well, I think seven. those guards are going to play. Yeah. I uh, think Livingston's uh, probably the one right now who's at the really stake his claim to this. Has he only played 19 minutes the other night and he started? Did he have foul trouble? Yeah. Uh, he had three fouls that I'm seeing there. It's not really. Uh, no, and, and that's the thing. Like, is uh, when you're talking these guards and – 
after the Bahamas, like we, we didn't get to see that lineup much because CJ was obviously in a limited role in the Bahamas, still working his way back to full strength. But after the Bahamas was over, we all talked about what? We want to see CJ Frederick, Antonio Reeves on the floor together. Now you're getting to see it. And I think that Cal's going to love what those guys do together, especially on the offensive end, that you're going to see them on the floor together often because it just creates such a difficult situation for opposing teams to guard. I think that's what's going to dip into maybe a guy like Chris Livingston's minutes and some of these other guys that – because we, we know that Cal could play Livingston three. We know that he could slide in and play small ball four. Jacob Toppin has the ability to do both as well. But what makes this team go – and I think it's going to be, like Cal said, probably 24, 25, three-point attempts a game, maybe even more if they're hitting them. It, it seems like this team is going to get up and running and, and take the three ball, and I just feel like that those guards are for sure going to play. The one I'm watching – is a doofy arrow because at every time I've seen him play, I've been impressed with him. Eric. And I just, I'm wondering what his role will be. Uh, will there be games where they need him? And then maybe you don't see him for a few and then you need him again. If there's foul trouble or if there's an injury or a flu bug or whatever it is. But I mean, he played 14 minutes the other night. He did have four points, all free throws took one shot, but five rebounds. Like he's a big guard that can rebound his spot as well. Uh, I just like the makeup of this team and how it's pieced together. And all the way from the top all the way down to the bottom, I mean, you've got 11, 10, 11 talented guys. I'm just interested to see who gets left out of this rotation because I feel like there's going to be two or three guys that probably are good enough to play. But we also know that John Calipari, to be what Kentucky wants to be in March, is going to play those seven to eight best guys at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's I think you're right. Uh, to me, like I would pencil in – all four of the when I say the four guards, Severe, Kaysen, and then Frederick and uh Reeves. That I think that's the easiest I, thing to Yeah, pick. I, I can't do. imagine those any of those guys are gonna, you know, lose minutes. Unfortunately, what we've seen though, I mean, at some point you probably got a bank in an injury, right? Uh yep. it's happened, you know, every team maybe maybe more than one. You never know. Yeah. So it is good this year having a guy like Tierra off the bench who so, Go sorry, finish up. Sorry, I'll finish up, then I'll follow you. Well, to me, the only big questions like you know, Oscar's gonna play a ton, and those four guards are gonna play. So to me, and, you know, Toppin's gonna play a lot. So to me, like the big storylines, and maybe this is way too early to be making these kind of assumptions, but with Livingston, it's like who plays the backup minutes behind Toppin? Is he gonna go yep. with Livingston, or is he gonna give Collins a chance there to maybe be a four if he steps that's up and shoots the, it? That's the so, question. And then you got, of course, we, like we talked about on the end, so and where. I'm with and, you. I think Cal's not going to play 10 guys. So who – that will be and, the, the bigger storylines. Is I think Kentucky's going to win a lot here. and But they are going to get tested early, Sean. Like we mentioned, Michigan State's coming up and then Gonzaga here in, a few, in what, 10 days, I think, from now. Yeah. So you well, might already get some of these questions answered. You will. And I, and I will say this. I, I'm worried about Damian Collins. Yeah. Just coming so. at just, – Understandably just given, so, I should say. Exactly. Uh, I'm worried about him. Because, I mean, that, that was his best friend, Derek. And we know how close. And, you know, I've, I've been around and stuff when I was in Memphis with, with Jack and, and some others. And I've, I've met Ben. And I know how close that relationship was. And, I mean, he was there working out with him, rebounding for him in the gym the night before. Like, this, is, uh, this isn't going to be, and, and roughly so, this isn't going to be an easy situation for him. Now, my hope is that he loses himself within this team and the team wraps its arms around him, and we know that's going to happen. But John Calipari's got to be very careful here, and I think that you're already seeing Cal kind of try to get ahead of that. Like, you you don't want to give – put too much on him. 
but at the same time, it feels like a kid that's going to need some things too. And I'm, I'm hoping some good things happen to him. Like the perfect scenario here would be that he plays this season for his dad and just puts on a show and is a key contributor making big plays. It's just the mental grind of being at Kentucky going through what he just went through. I, I am concerned for, for his mental state. And especially here in November, when you get back to the busy time and it's on the go, it, it's not going to be easy. And he's definitely going to need that program and his, and his teammates. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Sean, let's wrap it up here on uh, basketball real quick. We, we've talked about a lot of things. Maybe you've already discussed some things to be looking for, but in general, tomorrow night against Duquesne, what, if anything, would you like to see from Kentucky? Consistency. Uh, I want to see what I saw from game one with C.J. Frederick and Antonio Reeves. I mean, you're talking about Reeves 6-12 from three-point line. Uh, Frederick two of five. That's probably going to be more closer to three of five, four or five on most nights for him. Uh, I want to see Jacob Toppin continue to do his things. I think that was his first career double double, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, yep, the other nights, so 15 and 11. So you want to see that continue. I want to see Casey Wallace continue to do his thing there, but I'm paying attention to that five spot again. Is it Ugana? Is it Lance? Is there a guy that leading up to Michigan State gets a little more than the other? Because when I'm looking at this, Lance played 20. And Ugana played 20. Does it stay that way? Or does one get more than the other leading up to Michigan State? I think that might tell us a little bit there. Uh, but but overall, just the consistency that I'm looking for there. I want to see some guys continue to play well. And then maybe some guys that maybe didn't play their best. Maybe a little bit more from Chris Livingston. Does, does his minutes go up a little bit and get a little bit more, a few more looks there than maybe what he did in game one? One of the things that I'm paying attention to, and I don't think we'll get it answered probably till after Michigan State and Gonzaga, both those games in the same week, is when everybody's back and it's at full strength, who leads Kentucky in shot attempts? I think it's going to be Oscar Sheboy given the offensive rebounds. But is it Antonio Reeves on the perimeter? Because that seems to be the guy, Derek, that Kentucky's going to play through a lot offensively. Uh, 16 shot attempts the other night. Now we know Oscar is going to cut into that number some when he's on the floor. Does Reeves start or does John Calipari leave him coming off the bench when everybody's at full strength? Is that a guy he wants coming off the bench or do you want him starting games? Like Cal's got some, Cal's got some questions, but he's got tough games coming up. And to me as a coach, there's no better way to find out about your team than throwing them out there, throwing them to the fire, throwing them into the fire and seeing who steps up and who steps back. I think Cal's going to get some things answered next week. I don't think it happens Friday night, but I think it happens next week. I love the idea of Oscar pulling down offensive rebounds this year and kicking it out to a perimeter that is, would potentially have Casey well, Paul, C.J. Frederick, and Antonio Reeves out there. for well, every, Yeah, every scouting report is going to say keep Oscar Sheboy off the glass. So here's the deal. You're going to have, at times, two dudes boxing him out just because it's going to lead on the, the whiteboard. If that happens, he's still going to grab some rebounds, and others are going to grab rebounds. Jacob Toppin, to me, the thing for Jacob Toppin and a guy like Chris Livingston, to me, is become an elite offensive rebounder. And Jacob had three the other night. Chris had one. Uh, even Kaysen had two. But I want to see those guys that are playing that four spot, maybe that's sliding to that combo three-four, be elite offensive rebounders, because I think that's how you get even more minutes because Kentucky's got these guys, like you said, that can stretch you out defensively. And the, the best two chance, the best two opportunities to shoot a three-pointer are in transition and off, off offensive rebounds. And those are two areas where I think Kentucky's going to be elite. 
Yeah, this is fun, Sean. I've enjoyed this. Uh, new I've season. Heard, I have this. <laughs> new season. I've, uh, I've, I've missed this platform. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's good to be back, and uh, we're going to get into a groove here and, and do some stuff and some football stuff as well with the show. And I think Derek will agree with me. We appreciate those of you that have stuck with us, and uh, it hasn't been the smoothest year, smooth smoothest last five or six months. A lot of stuff going on, but hopefully, I'm back to full go here, and we can uh, really start turning out some episodes. Yeah, the idea moving forward, we're hoping for for three times a week minimum. I mean, uh, we. Those of you who have been with us from the very start, we hope you're still here. Uh, when we had days back th- in a different life, I would say, Sean, right? Uh, yeah, it was a different life. We uh, sometimes we had two episodes a day that would go up, but I think the the tentative plan will be um, Kalen Harris for you know, if you guys listened to our last episode, going back to the prior to the Mississippi State game, he came on and joined me. I, I believe he will probably become a regular contributor on the football side, but with both these sports kind of in full motion right now and. Uh, it sounds to me just from listening to, to what some of the people who cover college football say, I mean, we, we think college football is busy right now with this week to week, but once the season's over and the transfer portal opens up, you got signing day. It, it could be even actually busier uh, once the season's over. So he'll join me for some of those. Sean will probably still be in on, on some of those, but hopefully moving forward, we'll have a regular schedule here um, for people to listen to. And I'm excited about it. And I've really enjoyed this. And I think it's going to be a, a great basketball season, and I'm curious to see how Kentucky closes it out in football. I am too, and uh, we all know that I'm more up the alley of uh, talking basketball. You know, I, can, I obviously could talk Kentucky football, but my my avenue here is definitely talking basketball, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to to that and seeing how Kentucky football wraps up this season. It's I know it's not gone as planned uh, for for everyone, but. Uh, still a chance to get to seven and three on Saturday and a uh, big home game the following week and then closing with Louisville. So it still can be a strong close to a, to a year. Absolutely. Well, he's Sean Smith. I'm Derek Terry. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time on Kentucky daily. <laughs>